Welcome to the Prime Life Project Podcast, a place to help you unlock your full potential, both mentally and physically, to become the best version of you. Welcome back to another episode of the Prime Life Project Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel James, and today I'm delighted to bring to you Mr. Jeff Teresi. So Jeff is a published author, aspiring speaker, and a poet. But Jeff also battles with Asperger's syndrome, but he chooses to look at things a little bit differently. He's got an incredible way of communicating through well-chosen words that will speak straight to your heart. And he aims to help you see beyond your perceived weaknesses and instead be present to the beauty of your uniqueness. In this podcast today, we go all over the shop and Jeff drops absolute golden nuggets throughout. I I say it in the podcast, I was smiling the entire time that he was talking because the stuff he was talking about was absolutely incredible and how he articulates it is absolutely beautiful. So today we talk about we talk about uh, a growth mindset, uh, the art of communication, gratitude, the power of choice and how your limiting beliefs may be holding you back and what you can do about it. It's an incredible podcast that I know you're going to take some value from. So as always, if you do take anything from today's episode, please don't forget to rate us on iTunes and share the episode with a friend. Like helping us spread the word, you guys have been absolutely awesome. Like honestly, I cannot thank you enough for how much you support the podcast and help it grow. You guys are absolutely awesome. And I've said to you before, I've got more guests lined up. I'm going to keep trying to add as much value as I possibly can. And your support is always, always, always appreciated. So as always, sit back, relax and enjoy. Welcome back to another episode of the Prime Life Project Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel James, and today I'm joined by Mr. Jeff Teresi. Jeff, how are we? I feel very grateful to be here. Thanks, Daniel. Now, I'm very much looking forward to this. Obviously, we, uh, we had a slight delay in uh, getting, getting you on the podcast because your wife has given birth to your first child, so congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much. I have never been happier, but I've also never had less sleep in my life, so... <laughs> If at any time I seem a little bit loopy, that might be the reason. Well, listen, it's uh, I think it's a normal thing when it comes to to, to having a newborn baby. The the thing that people don't tell you, I feel like there should be some sort of manual to be like, here's what to expect, but you're not told. That would be extremely helpful. <laughs> uh, how how was it all? Like, how how old uh, how old is the daughter now? So she's four weeks old today, oh. and uh, my wife actually went 32 hours of labor before it ended up having an unplanned C-section. And so she was just the biggest trooper ever. And so right now she's in recovery. And so I'm trying my best to be the best husband and father I can be. Um, but yeah, it is definitely a struggle. Uh, we've never had such such experiences as we're having now with without getting uh, the sleep. But again, Irie Lynn, our, our baby, is the biggest joy ever. No, it's absolutely amazing. I love that. Like I said, when you when you had to cancel, I was like, mate, there's a there's a, there's a uh, there's reasons for cancelling a podcast, and your wife giving birth to your first child is definitely the top priority. So I was like, it's not a problem at all. It then gave me opportunity to get on the podcast myself because uh, as my as my audience know, I don't tend to do many podcasts by myself. So it gave me an opportunity to 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 get some words of wisdom out there. So no, honestly, it worked out absolutely perfectly. But I'm really interested in talking with you today, Jeff, because uh, like I said, you reached out to me to to talk to me, and I've done some some research into you and. I think you're absolutely fascinating. I think the message you've got to give my audience today is absolutely brilliant. But the thing that fascinates me the most is the fact that you have Asperger's and you didn't know you had Asperger's until only a few years ago. So can you just tell me and my audience what Asperger's actually is? Because we may have heard the term, but we may not be too familiar with what it actually is. 
Yeah, I'd love to answer that. Essentially, it's high-functioning autism, being on the autism spectrum. And I always like to preface that if you've met one person on the spectrum, you've met one person on the spectrum. And the pivotal word there is spectrum. So you can have some people that are brilliant in one area and they lack being able to function in another area. And uh, one of the biggest things for Asperger's is not being able to process information the same way as a neurotypical. And so Mm -hmm. someone whose brain processes normal information. So I like to use the analogy of a computer. So we both have the same hardware. So we look the same on the outside, but we have completely different processing systems on the inside. And so for me, when I found out that I process information differently, it was as if I had an upgrade in my software system. And it wasn't that the parts that were blurry weren't blur anymore, but I could see where it was blurry. And I was able to work around that. Mm. And so it was extremely empowering to learn that because for the longest time, my wife and I, we just struggled endlessly with communication. I didn't understand her nonverbal cues. A lot of times she said something and I didn't understand the meaning of it while she was trying to say. A lot of times we take things literally or if someone talks in hyperbole, we don't understand that. Uh, a funny story, recently I went in for a physical for health insurance and uh, this is an example. The gal asked me, so are you sexually active? And I said, well, I am married. So yes, I am sexually active. And then the next question she asked was male or female? And I thought this was a completely random question out of the blue. Of course I'm a male. And so I answered male and (laughs) I didn't realize that was a progression of answers. And so a couple of questions later, I kind of got a hint that it was a progression. And so I went back and clarified, but that's one of the things that's really important for me is to be able to ask clarifying questions and a really good book on the subject is uh, look me in the eye. And um, there's a quote where it speaks of a voice of Asperger's. And it turns out that sentences aren't formed in a single area of the brain. It's far more complex than that. We form a concept of a sentence in one spot, then we choose the verbs in another area and the nouns in yet a third spot. And so the sentence is built in pieces throughout the brain and then assembled into finished form. And for some reason, Aspergians, like me, experience delays in the transmission of those sentence fragments within the brain. And that gives a slightly ragged cadence to our speech that's quite distinct from that of normal speech. So yeah, for me, a lot of times too... John, you made that mistake, sorry. Did, did, do, you, do you see the funny side in that? So obviously, generally, she carried on and you realized you made a mistake. Do you see the funny side in that? Or is yeah, it like I, I could be doing it right now. <laughs> it's, that's actually one of the things too. In um, elementary school, I was known as a class clown, but it wasn't necessarily on purpose. It was because I had no idea how to communicate with other people. And so I'd say the most random things and they would laugh at it. And instead of feeling bad and then going into a shell, I would accept that laughter and pretend I was trying to make them laugh. And so um, I ended up laughing with them instead of them laughing at me. Did that cause quite a lot of frustration then growing up? Like, so obviously you've literally, because how old are you now, Jeff? I'm now 38. So you only just found this out, was it four or five years ago? Yeah, five years ago. So what difficulties has that caused for you growing up then? It must have been quite frustrating and uh, almost debilitating at times, feeling somehow like like an outsider, like you were somehow missing something 
but it wasn't your fault. Does that make sense? Like, was it quite frustrating for you? Yeah. The thing that comes to mind right now is sometimes I'll be talking to someone and they'll talk in a really low voice. And I feel embarrassed to ask them, what did you just say? Could you say that differently? And so instead of, I'll just nod my head and go along with it. And that's basically what I've done with so many of my relationships. I've, I've struggled for almost all my life connecting with people because I didn't really understand what they were saying or how they were saying it. Another um, thing I struggle with is expressing my emotions and also being able to decipher those in others. And so I'm only now learning how to be able to do that these last five years because I'm aware of how it works now. Well, I'll make sure with my English accent, I will try and talk as clearly as possible because my problem <laughs> is I, I, I talk really quickly and I mumble. So I'll make sure <laughs> this is a special effort to like make sure that I'm communicating as effectively as possible. Yeah, so, I hope this is entertaining for your listeners. <laughs> no, but, but like I said, the, the thing is, Jeff, like I've, th- there's a thing in the UK called the, uh, not, uh, sorry, the undateables is what it's called. So essentially what they do is uh, they take people with disabilities, with learning difficulties. And what they do is it's basically a dating show. And it takes you behind the scenes to basically see people with learning difficulties and how they struggle in the dating world. And it's absolutely fascinating. Like you've got autism, Asperger's, uh, Down syndrome, whatever it is. And it's fantastic. But we don't really get to speak to someone like yourself in as much detail as we are now. It's like, uh, so just actually being able to, to speak to you and see the fact that you've struggled with this for so long. And it's all, it must have been so liberating for you to have this light bulb moment to be like, right, this is what you've got. This is how it works. And this is what you can do about it. Absolutely. It was revelatory. Because for me and my wife, is like, okay, there's a reason why sometimes I act like a jerk. It's not that I'm trying to. It's just I don't understand what I'm saying or what you're trying to convey to me. Well, at least you've got an excuse. Most guys don't have an excuse for acting like a jerk. <laughs> at least you have a legitimate reason now. Uh, yeah, yeah. So with this, that's one of the advantages. (laughs) So what, um, what sort of self-awareness did you develop from this diagnosis? So you get this diagnosis, it's right. You've got Asperger's. What sort of self-awareness did you develop from that? So one of the things I'm really good at being able to do is focus on one topic extremely well. And that's why a lot of people on the spectrum, they become savants in one particular area because they can just lock out everything else and just focus on that one thing. And it can be almost become an obsession. And so for me, my obsession was gratitude, just seeing the positivity and everything. And it actually became annoying for a lot of people because they didn't think it was genuine because how can someone just be happy all the time or always look for the bright side? And I also am extremely into personal growth. And so when I began in sales, I went to conferences and I'd hear these motivational speakers and I became hooked and I just wanted to learn more and more. And so that was one of the main benefits and being able to recognize that I have particular nuances as far as numbers. I'm extremely into numbers. And so in my early twenties, I began writing poetry. And for me, poems were always abstract and I had never knew when they would end. They could just seem to be endless. And so I actually came up with a rule and I call it cubed poetry. And basically I knew when the poem was done by adhering to a couple rules. And so cubed poetry, number one, each pair of lines must rhyme. And number two, the number of spoken syllables in each line must equal the total number of lines. And a spoken syllable is just a unit of spoken language. And so if there's 14 spoken syllables in the first line, there's 
14 spoken syllables in every line. And there's a total of 14 lines. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to rhyme just for the sake of rhyming. And if you're into math, 14 by 14 is squared, not cubed. And so the caveat is the poem actually has to move you in some way. So whether you feel a new awareness or a inspiration, that's what gives it the extra dimension and makes it cubed. Mm. And so I'll just be focusing on one poem for sometimes days, sometimes months to make sure it fits into the cubed poetry rules. No, and so I'm very into uh, structure, systems, rules, and routine. And this is the worst thing about this podcast is I'm very, very anal about giving <laughs> guests uh, like the list of questions and topics. And the one guest I've got that thrives on structure, routines and stuff like that, I literally just sent him the the, 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 um, the PDF document a couple of hours before we started this. And I literally could not believe out of everyone. Because the thing is, Jeff, I normally send it before, that, the, the first, the, the, before the first podcast. So I started, had it all wrote out. So I just assumed that I sent it over and I couldn't believe I forgot to send it to you. So there's a guy thriving on the structure and routine and I throw that curveball at him. But like I said, I, I'm looking forward to getting into this because I'm massively into gratitude. Massive. I think it's one of the, the, the probably the most fundamental core principles I teach when it comes to my clients. But before we delve into that, I've heard you say before that life is about relationships and connections with people. And if you can't communicate, you won't be able to connect. I think that's absolutely beautiful. So can you talk to me about that? Yeah, absolutely. I think that connecting and communicating are one and the same. And so if you don't understand how you communicate, then it's going to be really hard to connect with others. And if you don't understand how others communicate, same thing. And so it's extremely important, I believe, to really get to know yourself, take the time and effort. I actually made a connecting with yourself worksheet available for free on my website. If anyone wants to check it out, you can leave a link for it. It's jeffteresi.com. And the, uh, the show notes for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of people found it was completely revelatory for them because they never took the time to really get to know themselves. I think the thing with that is people don't know how to like to, 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 to find themselves. And that's one of the biggest challenges I find with people. When, when people come to work with me, people come to work with me because they think they want fat loss. The thing is they don't really want fat loss. They want to be happy. And the thing with that is you have to love yourself and realize that happiness is created internally. Uh, and one of the key pillars of happiness is gratitude, which is I'm looking forward to, to get into that when we talk about your book. But the biggest thing is people don't realize the power and importance of realizing themselves first. So when I heard you speak about this, I was captivated. This is why I, I was looking forward to getting you on so much because you, you come out with these little one-liners and these things. I'm like, that is absolutely brilliant. So for me then... Um, Thank you very much. And that was well said, by the way. No, 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 no. It's, uh, no you're very welcome. So for me, how do you get people to connect with themselves first then? So how would you approach that with someone? So someone's coming to you, and you're looking to work with them or in some way, shape or form, help enhance their life. How would yeah. you get them to connect with themselves first? It's extremely important to start asking yourself the questions that enable you to connect with yourself. And so I believe as far as recognizing what brings you the most joy in life and what brings you the most meaning, I believe one of the biggest problems is that we think that success 
is a destination when in reality, it's a way of life. It goes way beyond accomplishing a goal or achieving a dream. So I believe true success is being able to consistently make choices that bring joy and meaning to your life and the lives of others. True success is being able to consistently make choices that bring joy and meaning, significance and excitement to your life and the lives of others. And a lot of people, they spend all their life trying to hit those goals to make a certain amount of money, have a certain amount of possessions, and that's not really going to do you any good. And so just starting off with the foundation of what gets you excited to get out of bed in the morning? What makes you feel most alive? And once you have those answers, then everything else falls in line. The thing I love about what you said there, I'm so glad you said that, by the way. That, like, I've heard you talk about that before. There's little things, because obviously, uh, when you spoke about before, you said that you might struggle to, to come out with um, uh, what you want to say. But in my head, I knew, I knew you wouldn't struggle because I was like, you've done this before. I was like, I've heard you just dropping gold here. What I love about what you just said there is choice. Choices. People don't realize that they have choices. That's the biggest thing I say to people. People think that life is just this ongoing thing and that life somehow happens to them. But for me, it's not. You have a choice. Every single situation in your life, you have a choice about how you deal with it and how you react to it. And I love the fact you've sort of just touched on that because that's a, a key thing for me and something I think that people don't really think about. Yeah, absolutely. And I believe uh, gratitude is the foundation for all good things. And gratitude is a choice. I believe at every single moment, you have an opportunity to choose gratitude. Hmm. So talk to me then about a growth mindset. So we're going to build into this gratitude because I know the gratitude is one yeah. of the, uh, right, we'll the it's one of, it's, because it's one of the three, uh, the three things you talk about when it comes to uh, the three C's in your book. So we're yeah. going to get to that and we're going to spend a lot of time on gratitude. I just want to make sure that we, so what I don't, don't want to happen is when we go down that rabbit hole, Jeff, we're going down <laughs> that rabbit hole. And I, I, I listen, I'll, if we're going into Alice, Alice in Wonderland, we'll go down that rabbit uh, hole. But I want to make sure I cover off a few other key things that you can just drop little nuggets into before we get into the big bad boy stuff. So I've heard you talk about growth mindset. And this is one of the key things that got me interested in you and how you talk about growth mindset and how you articulate that. Uh, so why do you think that growth mindset is so important? And where did that concept come from? So... In my early 20s, just after experiencing my first major heartbreak, I was given a piece of advice that forever changed my life. I was told to consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds because it will produce in you perseverance and maturity. So in other words, I was told to adopt a growth mindset and begin welcoming adversity. And in my talks, I always tell people, go ahead and raise your hand if you like to lose. And of course, no one raises their hand. And uh, well, I got some good news with the growth mindset, you cannot lose. You can only win or learn. See, a growth mindset turns every trial into a temporary teachable moment. Oh. A growth mindset focuses less on what you have to endure and more on what that endurance will produce within you. A growth mindset redefines failure. It's no longer something to fear. It's an opportunity to improve. And so to truly adopt a growth mindset, we have to look at difficulties differently. We need to begin seeing daily dilemmas and a new light. So rather than being frustrated by that traffic jam or being hard on yourself for making that mistake or feeling sorry for yourself for feeling sick, let that traffic jam grow your level of patience. 
Let that illness grow your love of resilience and let that mistake grow your love of humility. And so to truly adopt a growth mindset, I believe in light of adversity, we need to ask ourselves, what can I learn from this? Because if we were to do that, when we actually experience adversity, how differently would you respond if before you reacted, you just asked yourself, what can I learn from this? And then respond according that way. I think the biggest struggle with this is a lot of people will be listening to this and they'll be thinking, Daniel talks about this. Jeff, you're making some great points here. But whenever I am in these dark moments, these dark times, it never seems to work. So is this something that you have to, would, would you advise that people practice on a daily basis? And why is it so important that people do practice this? Oh my gosh. I think think it's gold, by the way, what you've said here. It's a milestone. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Because I've I've, I've already taken some notes. So I'm actually in the midst of adversity right now, having to get up every two hours in the middle of the night. I'm normally getting seven, eight hours every single day because for me, I actually struggle with depression if I don't get enough sleep. And so, so that was revelatory for me when I realized I get to control how much sleep I get every night. And then I would make sure my schedule is completely based around that. But now I'm learning with a child, you actually can't control that. And so I have to continually remind myself almost every couple hours that this is temporary. This is not permanent. This is not forever. It's going to get better. And then when I'm holding my baby in my arms, as her heart is beating next to mine, and we just become melded together, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is what life is all about. It's so incredible. But I do have to continue to remind myself an hour later again, when I'm feeling exhausted and overwhelmed, that there are so many things to be grateful for, so much to look forward to. But it's, it's having that mindset of recognizing that I'm going to be stronger because of this. I know that I can get through this and looking to the other side of how it's going to be. I love you, mate. You're dropping gold here. And I don't think you realize what you're saying. I, I keep taking so much notes because I think it's so important. So you, t- you talk again about control. And I think this is one of the biggest things with the growth mindset when people adopt it. It's something you have to start off on a small daily basis. Like you can't expect to, uh, like, for example, we were just talking about the, uh, the Super Bowl and we're talking about Tom Brady, who's a quarterback under pressure, absolutely destroyed it. Now, he can't perform under pressure if he doesn't practice it when he's not under pressure, getting the basic techniques down. I think people struggle with this when it comes to mindset stuff. Uh, and I've heard you speak about this before as well. So there's a point to where I'm going with this. People love to read things and they love to hear things like in this podcast. And they're like, Jeff, this, this growth mindset sounds amazing. Like it's something that I think is incredible. When something bad happens to me, I can choose how I respond to this. I can choose to learn. Da, 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 da. But then the problem is they then don't take any action. They take no action towards it whatsoever. So then when the actual shit does hit the fan, they, 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 they don't have this skill nailed down. Whereas if it's something that straight away, as soon as you hear this on the podcast, what Jeff's talking about, something I talk about, and again, he's just articulating in a different way. It's everything that happens to you in your life, it's impossible for it to be a failure if you flip it and you learn from it because then that failure becomes a lesson. Now, if you can do that with the little things, what will happen is you will instill into your brain that habit. So then when massive stuff does happen, you're going to have the fundamental foundations there for you to actually build upon that. And so I just wanted to to touch on that because you talk talk about control and especially with coronavirus and stuff happening in the UK right now, like a lot of people are struggling because they have no control over what's going on. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to control the uncontrollables and it just doesn't work like that, does it? 
Yeah, absolutely. And so can you clarify uh, what you're asking? So uh, the fact that people can't control the uncontrollables, mm-hmm. but people try to. So it's, it's a thing people, people shouldn't try and control the uncontrollables. Oh my gosh. Yes. That's actually one of my affirmations is just recognizing that there are things that are out of my control and to not focus on those things because no. there's no point in it. No, absolutely love that. So let's now get into your book. So your book is called The Seven Key Abilities. So can you talk to me about the three C's in your book? Yeah, it's all about cultivating, creating, and connecting. And so I found that in my 20 years of sales, that there happen to be seven key abilities that enable us to break through to our next big breakthrough. And so number one is cultivating a thankful heart. Number two is cultivating an empowered mind. Number three is cultivating encouraging connections. And when we have that as our foundation, we can then confidently create a clarified calendar and an inviting environment so that we can courageously connect with ongoing growth and a purpose-filled plan. A plan that not only ensures we're maximizing profit, but more importantly, ensuring that our thoughts, words, actions, relationships, and pursuits are all in alignment to help us be our best selves in all areas of our lives. And I know you're a huge proponent of being your best self. And so it's all about your daily decisions. And so the existential urgency of my message is recognizing that making daily disciplined decisions is the key to peace, empowerment, and perpetual progress. I love that you speak about daily decisions as well, because it is a daily thing. Uh, I, I talk about something, uh, I call it the um, uh, motivation is like deodorant. Like it wears off over time. Like you lose motivation. So you have to apply things daily. So we're going to get into habits and routines at the end, talking about the importance of habits and routines. But one of the key things when it comes to the cultivating is gratitude. So this is where we're going with this. So can you talk to me then um, about gratitude? Because I'm not sure if you have it to hand, but you have a poem on gratitude, don't you? Yeah, I do happen to have a poem on gratitude. Yeah. Uh, do you have it to hand to, to uh, share with my audience? Yeah, sure. Uh, essentially, I believe that gratitude is a choice and true success begins with a thankful heart. And so I always tell people there are three ways to choose gratitude at any given moment. And to make it easy to remember, I have an acronym, R A R E, because um, at any given moment, you either are grateful or you're not. And so A stands for appreciate, R stands for receive, and E stands for embrace. And so when looking at the past, gratitude appreciates what it's been given. It recognizes, man, I've been given many gifts. When looking at the future, gratitude thankfully receives what is to come, both the good and the bad. It recognizes that trials and tribulations are both temporary and teachable moments. And when looking at the present, gratitude embraces the now. It recognizes This moment is a gift. And one of the absolute best ways to embrace the now is to consciously appreciate each of your senses. And so I've actually written a poem, hopefully able to help people embrace the now and consciously appreciate each of their senses. And so for all of our listeners, if you're not operating heavy machinery or driving, if you want, just go ahead and close your eyes so you can relax and just listen to the words. It's titled, 
coming to your senses. Have you ever really wondered how fortunate you are? Have you ever thought your blessing could outnumber the stars? First, imagine if you suddenly lost your sense of sight. Would you miss seeing the differences between day and night? Now imagine if you lost the ability to hear as silence whispers in both ears, could you still persevere? Now imagine if you suddenly lost your sense of smell, could you bid the sweet sense of flowers and fresh air farewell? Now imagine if you lost the ability to taste, what joy could come from eating if all flavors were erased? Now imagine if you suddenly lost your sense of touch, does just the thought of such a loss make you feel very much? While each sense is sensational, there's only one you need. It's the sense to give thanks, the sense from which all gifts proceed. You can open your eyes. I want you to open your eyes and recognize that each of your senses is a reminder of the countless gifts you can be grateful for if you choose to. Oh, I'm just, do you know the cool thing about that is you just rattled that off off by heart. Like I, I was worried when you said you hadn't prepared. I thought, oh, you might not have this poem at hand. But because if that was me, I'd be trying to read it off a piece of paper. But you just absolutely nailed that. Uh, because when I heard you on the other podcast talk about that, so I was actually listening to your podcast while I was training. Uh, and then I'll just basically stop, take some notes, which then put this PDF together. But when you did that gratitude uh, poem, I literally stopped in my tracks and I must have replayed it countless times because... And by the way, complete transparency, I'm going to get the words printed out and be using that with my clients because sometimes I struggle when it comes to gratitude with clients. So I've got PDFs and workshops. I do specific workshops on gratitude. But one of the biggest things I find with clients is they will say to me at the very, very start, when I get them to gratitude journal, they'll say, I've got nothing to be grateful for. And I will then basically what your poem saying there are so many things to be grateful for, but the problem is people take things for granted. So I will say, even if you have to go to the basic fundamental principle of your car, like people take that for granted. And I'll say mm-hmm. to them, okay, well, if I took your car away, then what would happen? And then it's just a cascade of negative events. And I'll say to them, I bet you're quite grateful that you've got your car, haven't you? And I go, oh, yeah, yeah, I didn't think about that. But the problem <laughs> is, I find, Jeff, is that people, uh, they do take things for granted so much. So I've gone to South Africa uh, and I've worked in the townships in South Africa with some of the poorest kids you'll ever see. But they are so, so happy because they literally are so grateful and present in the moment. And I find in the Western culture, we've lost that ability to just take a step back and be grateful. So for me, I'm like, every single evening, I've got my gratitude journal. And I absolutely swear by it. Because for me, again, you mentioned about depression. I've suffered with depression massively in my life. And even yesterday, complete transparency, I had a terrible mental day yesterday. Terrible. And I just thought, right, I need to dig deep here and find things to be grateful for. Because then all you're doing is just uh, nourishing the seeds of gratitude in your brain and just allowing them to flourish that little bit more. So your poem, I just wanted to say genuinely from the bottom of my heart, is absolutely incredible and it's touched me. And I enjoyed hearing you say that live probably more than, than you know. It's absolutely beautiful. I absolutely love it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. That was actually one of my first cubed poems that I ever wrote. Oh, beautiful. So how would you get people to then practice gratitude? What's some basic tips and tricks you would give someone to help them practice gratitude on a daily basis? That's a great question. Actually, you actually pull out what I would have said as the answer. I have a gratitude journal. I call it my eternal journal. 
I've been doing it for over 13 years now. And I actually have quite a few different books. Over five years ago, I transitioned into the five-year journal, which you literally have five different years on the same page. And just three things every single morning, I jot down something I had to look forward to, something that was great the day before, or just a person, place, or thing. And I find that if people struggle coming up with new things every single day, it's extremely helpful to review what you wrote a week ago or a month ago or a year ago, because you get so much benefit from actually not only writing it out the first time, but actually reviewing it and say, oh my gosh, I have so many things that were so amazing in the past. And I have so much to look forward to. I actually do it also in the evening too. And so I have a nighttime and a morning journal, but it's, it's all about being able to connect with what is positive. And again, what brings you joy and like what gets you out of bed in the morning. And so one of the things that's also helped me a lot is first thing I get out of bed in the morning, I actually dance. I dance to one song every what single song? day. What song? What song is it? Well, I actually have a playlist. <laughs> okay. So, oh, I thought it was just the same song on repeat no, every morning. <laughs> no, I just make sure I dance to one song every day because I find that music and dancing are magical because it can immediately and immensely modify your mood. And so you might feel groggy in the morning, but you know that if you start moving your body, the blood's going to start flowing and you might not feel hundred percent right after that, but you're going to at least feel a little bit better than you did right when you woke up. But yeah, I'm getting off track there to answer your question. I would absolutely say gratitude journal is the key. And if people want to have a practical application, I actually have a hand exercise. I call it the handy exercise. And so I always tell people, um, look at your hands, look at the palm of your hands and imagine there's a list on each of your hands. And imagine on the left side is everything you have to complain about. So maybe it's too hot outside, it's too cold outside, you don't have enough money in your bank account. Um, the world is in chaos right now. There's so much uncertainty, everything you could complain about. Now, if you imagine on the right hand, everything you could give thanks for. You have clean water to drink, more than enough food to eat. You have a family that loves you. You have shelter over your head, everything you could give thanks for. Now, if you had enough time in your hands, each of these lists could be endless. And I always want people to recognize that any given moment, you have a choice. You can focus on the things to complain about, or you can focus on the things to give thanks for. It's completely up to you. And I never want to disregard or invalidate the list on the left hand, because those things are real. But the things on the right hand are just as real. And so next time you feel like you got a raw deal, before you complain, I just want you to look at your hands and ask yourself, which hand am I focusing on? And remember that gratitude is a choice. And I think the reason why so many people struggle with this and they don't choose gratitude is because they're never taught that they could or how and why they should. See, growing up, we learned by example and gratitude is something that's rarely shown. Instead, what's most often shown is fear, discontent, and entitlement. So it makes sense that we worry, we complain, and we appreciate almost nothing. And so one of the benefits of gratitude, when you choose it often enough, you begin to experience its many benefits such as it dissolves discontent, it extinguishes entitlement, and it furnishes freedom from fear. You are on fire. So this, again, something I want to unpack there that you said about uh, when you've got your left and your right hand, the good and the bad, that don't invalidate the negative feelings because that's what people tend to do. They'll judge themselves 
and they're trying to validate their feelings. Now, everyone's feelings are valid. No matter what you're feeling, whether it's negative, positive, like don't invalidate your negative feelings. But what I say to people is when it comes to that choice, the negative stuff, is it going to serve you? Is it going to help you become the best version of you? And if it's not, then choose the other side. And I think that's absolutely gold what you said there. Uh, you also said something else. I can't remember what it was. I'm going to absolutely kick myself in the foot there because I couldn't, I couldn't scribble quick enough uh, when you were writing, uh, sorry, when you are talking. But the, the stuff you were talking about there was absolutely fantastic. It's talking, oh, that was it. I'm so glad I was going to kick myself in the foot then if I forgot. That. <laughs> uh, the last thing you spoke about was the more you practice gratitude. And this is, the, this is the key thing with gratitude journaling because I used to hate gratitude journaling because I didn't think it worked. Now, the thing with gratitude journaling is when you're doing it, you have to get the feeling of gratitude while you're writing. You have to feel what you're writing because then what you're doing is you're retraining your brain because your brain and heart are very, very different. Like your, your heart's very feelings-based, your brain's very logical. So your brain will always look for the negative things. It looks for the negative things. It's trying to keep you alive. It's trying to keep you on your toes. The problem is we don't sink our head in our hearts. So what we've got to do is practice gratitude daily and actually elicit the feeling of gratitude because then what you do is you retrain your brain. You're saying to your brain, brain, this is important to me. Focus on this more. And then what happens is when you're living your life, you will start to notice the gratitude as you are living in the present moment. And when you first experience it, is absolutely nuts and as jeff said when he's there tired so he's a man that likes to sleep he's tired he's waking up he's grumpy and then as soon as he's holding his daughter in his hands in that moment he appreciates exactly what he's got and he's grateful in the moment and when you can practice this and hone this skill i promise you it will change your life and it's exactly what jeff said this is a skill that's not taught and you've got all these business coaches and all these wellness people, and they will try and charge you hundreds of thousands of pounds to get you out of depression and all this stuff. Gratitude journaling is completely free, and it will absolutely change your life. So Jeff, you had some absolute nuggets there. So I just wanted to unpack that because a lot of the stuff you said was absolute gold. And I don't even know if you realized what you were saying was gold. And I, I couldn't write quick enough as you were going. I was like, oh, I can't keep up. <laughs> Oh, thank so, you. I really appreciate that. No, no. So you're welcome. So, so with the three C's then, so we spoke about cultivating. So we've cultivated through gratitude. Can you talk to me then about uh, the create, the, set, the, the other C, the creating? Can you talk to me a little bit about that? Yeah. And we talked about it a little bit as far as a clarified counter goes. The first step is to define what matters most to you. Because if you want to be available for what's most important, you have to become unavailable for what's not. And so I always tell people, you have to begin saying yes to saying no. And so many people struggle with this. I struggle with myself because I was wanting to please people. But I had to recognize that when you worry too much about letting others down, you're only guaranteed to let yourself down. And so, so many times I would say yes to one thing, but I didn't realize I was saying no to something else. So I'd say yes to working late. I was unintentionally saying no to spending quality time with my family. I was saying yes to staying up late. And I'm not going to bed on time. I was unintentionally saying no to waking up with enough energy to actually maximize my morning. And so to overcome this people-pleasing problem, we have to begin saying yes to saying no. It's also then saying yes to looking after ourselves and our energy, as you said, so we can put it where we want to put it. Because the problem is there's so many things out there that will take our energy. And if we don't take a strong stance, as you found out, like, so you say yes to overtime. It sounds great in principle, 
But what you're then doing is taking time away from your girlfriend, your wife, your partner, your husband, whatever it is. And people don't seem to think about that. And it's almost like people get stuck in that trap of people pleasing, people pleasing, people pleasing. Because ultimately, some people don't feel good enough about themselves that they feel like they have to get that validation by pleasing other people, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. And yeah. I, it's, it's, it's a horrible trap to get into. But once you, because I was exactly the same, Jeff, exactly the same as you. I'd, I'd say yes to everything, everybody and anything. And before long, you run out of energy and you just hit rock bottom. So I think that's a really important thing there, just to say yes to saying no. Yeah, and one of the things I found that was extremely empowering for me as far as confidence is recognizing you have nothing to worry about, including what other people think about you. Because you cannot control what other people think. All you can control are your actions and your thoughts. And that's the thing. You're not. There's. A, I don't think this makes any sense because I know you Americans don't drink tea. But there's a saying that you can't be everyone's cup of tea because if you were, then you'd be a mug. So it's just saying that. Well, I'm gonna have to think about that. <laughs> so, so basically, it's uh, do you know, uh, tea bags. Yeah, yeah, actually, my wife. My wife drinks tea. <laughs> yeah. So basically, it's a, you, you can't you can't please everyone. Uh, basically, so okay, don't, that's, don't, yeah. don't try. When you listen back to it, Jeff, it make more sense. But well, it, that's it, one of the things with Asperger's too. I have to really. I have to dissect that. So I'm going to have to visualize it, tea bag, mug. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's yeah. a very British It's a very British saying as well. So uh, <laughs> it's, 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 it's uh, like talking about for me living in America. Uh, the problem was when I was living in America, I'd be saying things and the Americans would look at me and they'd be like, what on earth are you talking about? Because Amer- Americans fundamentally don't get sarcasm. And I'm normally very sarcastic. So I, I really struggled when I lived in America to, commun- to communicate, which is exactly what we're talking about now, which is bizarre. Yeah. But yeah. Um, so then the final one then. So, so we've cultivated through gratitude. Uh, we've created by saying yes to saying no. Uh, and then the final C is about connecting. So again, we spoke a little bit about this earlier on through um, uh, got to be able to communicate well to connect. But is there any other pearls of wisdom when it comes to uh, connecting? Yeah, I think it's incredibly important to recognize that if you're not growing, you're not getting better. If you're not getting better, there's a good chance you're getting worse. And so it's incredibly important to set aside time each day to learn. So make an ongoing appointment to experience ongoing growth. And whether that's reading a book, listening to a podcast, or watching a TED Talk on YouTube, Find a way to at least have 20 to 30 minutes every day to invest in your own personal growth. And I know a lot of times people struggle, well, I'd love to, surely I would, but I can't find the time. And that's my horrible English accent. Uh, <laughs> don't don't make me start also, breaking out, don't make me start breaking out American accents. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's the most popular excuse, but don't let it be yours. I found a great way to find extra time to learn is do it in conjunction with something you're already doing anyway. So read a book while you're eating breakfast or listen to a podcast while you're driving to work or while you're working out or watch a TED Talk on YouTube while you're eating lunch. Whatever it is, make it easy, but make it fun. I think also with uh, with stuff, people living in the UK right now, obviously with the lockdown, we can't go out and quote unquote live normally. So during your daily walks, can you listen to a podcast? And the thing I like about you, Jeff, is you basically, all my clients listening to this you're like an American ginger clone of me because everything, <laughs> you're, everything you're saying is exactly what I say to my clients. It's literally like I've given you what I say to clients and it's like, Jeff, just read this. But it's, it, this is what I say to people. Success leaves clues. And again, when you come to successful people and how people succeed, 
all the most successful people, they read, they always want to learn, grow and develop. And I know personally for myself, when I struggle mentally, this is one of the key things for me, uh, you spoke about sleep. One of the key things for me is if I don't feel like I'm moving forward with my life, mentally, it really, really affects me. And I go on that downward trajectory of feeling a little bit depressed. I can't stand being stagnant. And I think most people are exactly the same, but they don't realize that that's what the problem is. And before they know it, they're 10 years down the line and they just feel like they've not achieved anything with their life. And as you said, it's so simple just to stack these habits on top of another. So when you're reading, so when you're, you're eating breakfast, listen to an audiobook. When you're commuting to work, listen to a podcast. Uh, instead of watching TV every night that's mind-numbing, can you just watch a TED Talk, even for 20 minutes, just before you start then watching, I don't know, Netflix or something. There's so, such simple little things you can do. And again, podcasts are free. TED Talks are free. YouTube is free. All this stuff is free, but it helps nourish your brain and it helps keep you sharp and it helps you. Again, we're talking about with you, Jeff, we said at the start about finding something you're passionate about. Just listening to a TED Talk or a podcast or an audiobook may just be that one little spark that helps you find, wow, this is something I'm really passionate about and I didn't even realize it. So I think that's a massive thing you fit on there. Yeah, and it's so very important as far as what you do for people physically, you're making sure that they're getting enough sleep, that they're eating right, and that they're exercising. Because if they're not doing those three things, then they're not going to be there mentally. They're going to be in a weird state of mind, and it's just an endless negative loop. And so once you get those foundational things in place, it's very easy to be in a positive loop. Uh, so I want to hit now on habits and routines. Because obviously, I'm quite interested in this. And I didn't, when I put this question in, it's something I ask most of my guests. So I'm always curious about the habits and routines. But obviously, with your Asperger's, you're very structured, regimented, uh, and you thrive off that. So what habits and routines, if you have any, I already know you do, because I, I'm just assuming <laughs> I'll be shocked if you say no. Uh, what habits and routines do you have that help you stay grounded mentally so that you actually can become the best version of you? Yeah, absolutely. So I make sure that I drink a lot of water in the morning to stay hydrated, but I also think it's extremely important to meditate. And so for 15 to 20 minutes every single day, all I do is I remove the rush and savor the simple by just focusing on my breathing because focused breathing can immediately and immensely modify your mood. And it's extremely important to be able to focus on your breathing because it can radically reduce and dramatically decrease your overall level of stress as well. And as far as reading, I do like to read for enjoyment. So I'll read a fun book for 10 to 20 minutes a day. And then I'll also read a personal growth book for 10 to 20 minutes. I also, um, like I said, dance for at least one song a day, extremely important. If it's not in your calendar, make sure you do that. And then I also make sure to work out for 10 to 20 minutes every day too. And so I don't have any equipment, so I'll just do my own body weight workouts. So push-ups, sit-ups, uh, all those. Oh, one of the things, I actually made a YouTube video on truly uplifting workout. I really love the American Ninja Warrior. I'm sure oh, they yeah. have a European version of it. Oh, no, I think, I think so, the, the American Ninja Warrior, I think we, we do get that over here as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. Awesome. So I encourage people... Whether you're doing a pull-up, a sit-up, or a push-up, while you're doing it, say your affirmations while you're doing it. And I didn't touch on that, but affirmations are so important because it can position you 
produce to produce more positive patterns of thinking. And so, so talk to me about affirmations. What are affirmations then? For people that don't know, talk to me about an affirmations. An affirmation is just an empowering belief. So it gets you to be your best self because it helps you to believe in yourself. And that's one of the foundations of success is you have to believe in yourself. You have to believe you can actually do what you're wanting to do because if you don't believe in yourself, failure becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And if you don't believe in yourself, you're going to lack the confidence and courage needed to do what needs to be done. And I think Henry Ford hit the nail on the head when he said, whether you think you can or think you can't, you're right. And the one thing that keeps us from believing in ourselves are limiting beliefs. And so, so many people don't understand how to overcome their limiting beliefs. And it's recognizing that a better life begins by thinking better thoughts. And when limiting beliefs come, you have to recognize there's two ways to stop it. Number one, stop thinking it. Or number two, stop believing it. Stop thinking it or stop believing it. Now, the first you can't always control because some thoughts will just pop in your head. But the second you can control because you get to decide what you believe. And so it's extremely important to have a concrete standard that you can hold up against any thought so you can determine whether it's worth thinking or not. And so what I always like to say is, is this thought helping me to be my best self? Is this thought helping me to be my best self? This is how limiting beliefs that were once hidden are revealed and become forbidden. Is this thought going to help me be my best self? And so once you begin recognizing that those limiting beliefs are there, we can begin injecting empowering beliefs to overcome them. And it's not enough to just inject empowering belief after thinking limiting belief. No, we have to be proactive and we have to intentionally infuse affirmations strategically throughout the day. So specifically in the morning, right when you wake up and at night before you go to bed. And so, for example, one of my affirmations is I have nothing to worry about and nothing to fear. Every single moment, I have an opportunity to choose gratitude. When I focus on my breathing and fix my mind on empowering thoughts, nothing and no one can steal my peace. So I encourage people, if they're not currently taking advantage of affirmations, create a list of your top 10 most empowering beliefs and review them out loud with emotion first thing in the morning and then last thing at night for the next 10 days. And then I want you to evaluate. Did that make a difference? And if it did, do it another 10 days and continue doing it. I've been doing it for years. And it's so important because a lot of times what happens for me is I'll go to bed and I wake up and I feel like it was a complete reset. I don't know, where the heck am I? What am I doing in life? I review my list of affirmations and I get right back connected to those most empowering beliefs, the thing that I never want to forget. I think that's so, so important because limiting beliefs are the thing that hold people back. So it's beliefs, a uh, limiting belief again. And when you understand about beliefs is it's something without factual proof. So you'll be believing something and it has absolutely no factual proof, but you'll be leaving, you'll be believing something about the world. So for example, uh, you might believe that you're never going to be rich. Okay. Then I can categorically guarantee you 100% you are never going to be rich. Yeah. There is absolutely no proof to back that belief up that you aren't going to be rich. And then you might be like, yeah, but my parents weren't rich. Okay, well, I can point you to multiple, multiple millionaires and billionaires whose parents also weren't rich. So this limiting belief, exactly what Jeff's saying, is this thought, this limiting belief, is it helping you move towards your goal? Is it helping you become the best version of you? If the answer is no, get rid of it, 
and replace it with a positive belief, which as me and Jeff have hit on this whole podcast, you get to choose. And then remind yourself that belief every single day, as much as you possibly can. I was listening to a podcast. I can't remember the guy's name, but he was an American football player. He's retired now. And he says that he sets an alarm every single hour that he's awake to go off. And when it, when it goes off, it subconsciously triggers him to think about his affirmations. And I think that's so, so powerful. So I do it every morning and every evening. Uh, and I think that's incredible because also something you hit on there about the beliefs, believing in yourself. If you don't believe in yourself, why should anybody else believe in you? Because it's not their job or responsibility to believe in you. You have to believe in yourself before anybody else believes in you. So you look at your uh, Jeff Bezos, now the richest man in the world. Like he believed in himself and he believed in Amazon long before you believed in Amazon next day prime delivery. And that's the thing. You have to believe in yourself first, then everyone else will catch up with you. And Jeff, I love the fact you touched on meditation as well, because that's something I talk about all the time. It's something I love doing. Behind me, I've got my little meditation cushion. I absolutely love meditation. So when it comes to you meditating, how do you meditate? Do you look at something? So I, I've just started practicing meditation, staring at a candle. So I do that in the evening. And then in the morning, I just do it with my eyes closed. But how do you meditate? So I do like to switch things up. I'm all about nuance, novelty, and vast variety. However, as of late, what I've been doing is adhering to the YouTube video I made on meditation. I call it the breathe and receive technique. And so essentially, I just continue to repeat the two words, breathe and receive. Breathe and receive. And I do that for 10 to 20 minutes, and I just focus on receiving peace and joy and love because there was a different technique called the release technique. And I do think it's so important to release tension, but we don't wanna release everything because then we're gonna be empty. And so I wanted to be intentional about what I'm receiving and what I'm filling myself up with. And if you fill yourself up with peace and joy and love, again, those are foundational to being able to function in all other aspects of life. Absolutely. And I'm sorry, I've done it before where uh, there's a monk called Tichini Han and he talks about uh, if you can find home within yourself, then no matter where you are in the world, you can close your eyes and you will be at home. So I basically did a meditation where I just said to myself, I am home, I am home, I am home. And it was absolutely bizarre. It was so empowering. So I, 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 I've not spoken about, I don't know if I've spoken about them on a podcast before, but yeah, I, I sometimes will do that when I'm meditating. Like yesterday, for example, I said I had a really, really bad day. Uh, mentally, I was all over the shop. So I did my gratitude journaling. I then did my normal journaling on top of that. And then I meditated for 30 minutes. And again, that was one of the things I was saying, just to like reassure myself because mentally I was all over the shop. So I just had to reassure myself, like, I'm okay. That's, that's what I said. I said, I'm okay. I'm safe. I am home. And it was so empowering. I just said that. Uh, so I meditated for 30 minutes. I must've said it maybe for that's five awesome. to 10 minutes, but it was very, very empowering. So, so Jeff, what advice would you give to somebody right now who feels stuck and out of control of their life? That is a very intense, deep question. By the way, my mind keeps going back to if someone asks me, how would you describe yourself? I can now describe myself as a ginger clone of Daniel James. <laughs> <laughs> so I just want to get that out there. Before your, your, your beard is definitely sharper than mine, though. So if we had, <laughs> if we had a beard off, you would definitely yeah. win the beard competition. 
thank you. That, that's, that's the second uh, podcast guest that I've had, and both of them have had better beards than me. So I think I need to. I think I need to interview a female next because I, I think uh, I, I, I need to have the best beard in the room. I think that's how it's got to be. Uh, also, <laughs> but, but completely just you just retriggered me there. Um, the last guest I had, um, he had uh, multiple sclerosis, and uh, something he said about that was that when you're talking about multiple sclerosis, no one's multiple sclerosis is ever the same as anybody else's. So I just want to loop all the way back to the start when you said about Asperger's that no Asperger's is ever the same. It's different and everyone because it's different spectrums so that just something that completely triggered me there when when i was um talking to, to dave walsh about that that with multiple sclerosis no one's ever the same so it's quite interesting that you've said the same thing with asperger's that nothing is ever the same sorry yeah. I've, brought, I've brought you a bit of time there to, to think oh no yeah question. now i'm thinking that i've had so much time to think i should have a really good answer <laughs> and i fear i might not I also, I think we can also expand that as far as every single human being is an individual. Mm -hmm. And so that just goes across the entire humanity. Just mm -hmm. recognizing you meet one person, you meet one person that we do have some similarities, but no one is the same. I and recognizing that fact is so empowering because you don't have to be anyone else. You can just be yourself. Yes. I was and just about you, to say that. Yeah, when you embrace that, and become comfortable in your own skin and recognize you have nothing to worry about and nothing to fear. You can just enjoy life as the gift that it is. I just got tingles just saying that because I wasn't planning on saying that. It was just, just going where it flowed. And yeah, it's so important to just be, be yourself. Jeff, I think I've literally spent the last hour smiling, talking to you <laughs> because I don't think you realize some of the stuff you say, you just come out with it and it's just, and I'm sat there like, mate, this is absolutely awesome because again, it's all stuff that I say, but how you articulate it is awesome. And it's so sincere how you're coming across with it all. And it's so genuine. I absolutely love it. So again, when I'm talking about here with, with the question about uh, what advice would you give someone, you've literally just spent the last hour giving absolute gold. So I don't want you to feel any pressure answering this question because you've literally just delivered such amazing value. And for complete uh, transparency, this podcast is literally being released in the next, what, couple of hours. Like it's 7 p.m. Oh, wow. nice. 7, 7 p.m. UK time. Um, and it's going to be released at 1 a.m. So I, the, 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 the literally by tomorrow morning, this information is going to be out to the people because it, it may, honestly, it's been incredible. So sorry. sorry so the question again, I'll loop back around because long-winded um what advice would you give someone who is feeling stuck and out of control of their life yeah i think it's just so important to recognize that as we said over and over again it's a choice you get to choose things that you believe you get to choose how you're spending your time and to just give yourself grace and recognizing that your feelings are valid um you're not alone though it's so important uh, one of the things in my talks I always mention is the number one predictor of one's happiness is your connections. It's so important to have encouraging connections and life-giving links. We're not meant to do life alone. And so I want to encourage everyone that's struggling with feeling alone to reach out to people, whether it's Facebook or a social support group or a support group just any way that you can reach out to someone, hear other people's voices. I intentionally set aside 30 minutes every single week to just have a conversation with each of my two brothers and two of my absolute best friends. And even if I'm not feeling like talking, we just make sure that we do it because almost every single time after reviewing things that we're looking forward to, uh, things that we're struggling with, 
things that we want to accomplish. After we get off those calls, we're just so empowered and we're so lit up and excited to live that next day. And so another part of my talks, I always like to say at the end of the day, um, we always get to choose how we show up. And so we ask ourselves, how did I show up today? But more importantly, how am I going to show up tomorrow? And instead of choosing anxious avoidance, I want to encourage you to choose welcome anticipation. Just get excited to start that day and enjoy the gift that life is. Wow. Do you have a book of like your, your poems that you write? Because when you talk, sometimes you just captivate me. You genuinely, when you talk, you captivate me. And it's very rare that I get captivated like this. Obviously, I'm engaged. I always engage and I always listen. But you absolutely captivate me. And I keep thinking, what's he going to say next? What's he going <laughs> to say next? And it, genuinely, uh, Jeff, this has been absolutely incredible. This has been a fantastic hour for me. Uh, and I know my audience is going to feel the same because you've just added so much value. So I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you very much. Uh, it's been absolutely incredible. But where can people find out more information about yourself? Uh, what's your social media links? So on Instagram and Twitter, I'm the thankful guy. And then Jeff Teresi on YouTube and my website, jeffteresi.com. That's J-E-F-F-T as in Tom, E-R-E-S as in Sam, I.com. I actually started a YouTube channel about eight months ago. And so my goal was to contribute to the world by helping people break through to the next big breakthrough by giving a piece of advice every single week. And I was able to do that up until we had our beautiful baby. And so I'm a little off track on that. I'm now at every two weeks, but definitely check out, if you liked my content today, definitely uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel. I'm going to be coming out with one video every single week moving forward within the next month or so. And you can check out the last 40 videos I posted on there. And then I also come out with some blogs on my, um, on my website as well. And if you know any organization or corporations that are needing a breakthrough, their next big breakthrough as far as sales growth or employee engagement, please keep me in mind because those are my specialties as well. Absolutely. Where, where can people find out about your book as well? Is that available on Amazon? Oh, yes. Available? So the book is available on Amazon and you can find a link to it on my website. And I'm going to send you a, a free copy as well. So oh. I'll get your information afterwards. But yeah, I'd love to give you a free copy. Oh, thank Daniel, you, thank you so much for having me on the no, show. It's been, it's been a pleasure. All, all the show notes are going to be here. Oh, sorry, all the links can be in the show notes, especially about the, uh, you mentioned about the, the free PDF people can get uh, get hold of as well. That, that'd be fantastic for the audience. Uh, Jeff, honestly, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, again, congratulations on the birth of your, your beautiful daughter. Uh, and I look forward to connecting with you in the future. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Daniel. It's been an absolute pleasure. Take care, Jeff. Take care.